welcome to Not Just Rainbows and Unicorns, a podcast made with love in Kalamazoo, Michigan by Nicole and Michael Van Putten. We take topics that we find interesting. We get together each weekend and we talk about them with you. Um, you can visit us online at notjustrainbows.net. There you can check out show notes, listen to previous episodes, add comments, and you can send us suggestions for upcoming episodes. And we've just added a really cool new feature. Um, as you know from previous episodes, we do brainstorms about show titles, trying to find something unique that will amuse you and make you laugh. And there's a lot of crazy ones that often don't make the cut. Well, starting now, when you go out and check out the show notes, you can see all of the ones that we considered along the way. And there's a poll, so you can vote for the one that you like the best. And we can't wait to see what you think of those. Well, happy podcast day, Nicole. It's not podcast Saturday. It's podcast Sunday. Yep. How the heck are you, lady? Um, I'm here. Well, that's fantastic. I'm glad that you are here. Every day that you're here is a great day. I and Clem appreciate you being here. Tell me more about being here. <laughs> well, it's, I don't know. It's Sunday. We're here. It's been a, it's... It's been a little bit to get here this morning. We had Tell some... me about it. What, what was your journey <laughs> to arrive at Podcast Sunday? We got a new sign. I got a, a new sign for us, an on-air, live on-air sign, and we just had some sign difficulties this morning. The sign versus gravity right? versus the cling on the windows versus the suction me cups. lazily kind of leaning and mounting stuff. They had a couple falls. They, they could have used life alert. Uh, you know, they've fallen and they, they couldn't get up, thanks to me. Right. But now we've got just the window clings for the hello sign. We've got the live on air. The suction cups. Sitting on a little easel behind a monitor so you can really only see the microphone icon. But we'll get it worked out. Yes. You know, I, I've been thinking, I don't know what you, you think about this, but I'll throw the idea out there. I've been thinking about whether or not we should start doing not just rainbows as a hybrid. What? Yeah, hybrid. So it, it's a podcast, so it's serialized episodes and everything, but we could also do it as a vlog. We could record the audio and put it out as a podcast. We could also do a live recording to show the craziness and antics that happen as we're recording this. What do you think? <laughs> Two ways for our audience to engage and see what's going on. Add the magic of visuals. I don't know. What could go wrong? Maybe. More technology. Maybe. Possibly. I don't Here, know. Here, let me check. I'm going to... I'm doing some science here. Okay. Because no one can see us right now, he's asking the magic eight ball. People have no idea what you're doing. It's like when I use my hands. Okay. Magic eight ball. Should we do a vlog? It says my reply is no. <laughs> Two out of three? <laughs> well, I don't know. The eight ball sometimes gets things wrong. If you hold the eight ball to the side by 90 degrees, it's not a magic eight ball. It's a magic infinity ball. See how the eight looks like the infinity symbol? Ooh, magical. It's an illusion. Did you have sugar this morning? <laughs> no. I, As you know, if I feel tired, exhausted, or feel like somebody turned the difficulty level up too high, I often try to overcompensate with massive amounts of positivity. Okay. 
Alrighty then. Well, we have an excellent show for our listeners today. We've got a whole line of topics ready to go, ready to discuss. And the first topic on the list is one that we talk about practically every episode, which is... Nicole, what's that next topic? Dogs! Correct, Nicole. Nicole, you sound like Michael. I know I do, but I'm really cute. I just got the look, guys. All right, so topic number one is dogs. I'm just trying to warm up the podcast. Dogs, 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 dogs. I see Bonnie dog aggression. What are we talking about with Bonnie and dog aggression? Well, last week we had a visit from the Australian Shepherd that we thought we were going to adopt and it did not go so well. It was a sad day last Sunday. Yeah, it it went it went really badly actually. We thought that this dog was vetted, meaning that the dog had been vetted. It, what what would have led you to that conclusion, Nicole? He because says knowingly. the rescue told me that the dog had been screened for things like aggression. And And what did the the description for this dog say? It pretty much said she's a great friendly dog and this charming dog is just sweet, cuddly, yeah. amazing. And what was the first thing that happened when she stepped foot into our entryway? She growled at, <laughs> at both of us. And And Nicole and I had exchanged a look like what what the what? It was it was a scary growl too. It wasn't like a I'm in a new environment and I'm a little nervous type growl. It was an I'll eat your soul growl. Yes, it was it was a really scary growl. I'm not afraid of dogs. I'm I have no fear of dogs at all. And we can deal with a lot of different issues that dogs have. Like I kind of not kind of I had to really push down my instinct to recoil back. Like every instinct in my body was like, I need some distance between me and this and this dog. Cause I didn't know if the dog was gonna like bite my hand and I hadn't even reached down to say hello to the dog. She just like stepped into the house. It was very intimidating and her foster person, I'm just gonna say her foster person. Let's call him Joe. The foster person did not react at all. And when... Yeah, like he didn't nope her, he didn't nothing. Kind of like, oh, that's the way we greet people. And we're not saying react as in... And he was a ag- nice guy. We were, we're not saying react as in be mean to her. I don't or, like the dog. Or be aggressive back or yell at her. Just a stern nope. Just very firmly or she jumped on him continuously jumped on him he was a climber she She, like tried to climb him (laughs) well she was very attached to him she had separation anxiety and she was very fearful and she could sense that something new was going to happen and she was right he was bringing her to our house and he potentially to leave her with us right and he did not handle it very well. I think he's probably a new foster person. I don't and know how he could have handled that better. Why? What criticism do you have on how he handled that? I'm just curious. 
I don't think that he socializes her at all. I don't think that he does any training with her. Oh, okay. So you're talking about in general. Right. And I think he just allows her to become seriously attached to him. Well, and and he's a foster parent. He's not home during the day. One of the criteria they had is they were hoping to find a home where the people are home almost all the time, which we qualify for. Right. So now this... This poor dog is horribly attached to him. And when anyone else comes near around in her space, she growls and she she tried to bite me. And And she snapped at Nicole a couple times. This is after she started to bond with me after our first hour together. It did not go well at all. She did not like Nicole and she did not like Clem. Yeah, it was really bad with Clementine. And Clem is very, she's a very happy dog. And Clem gets along with what we figured out is anybody. All dogs. dogs. Yeah, Clem. She doesn't like aggressive, you know, nasty dogs. She somehow can tell them she'll bark at them. And even Bonnie, Clem did not show any aggression towards the aggressive Bonnie. Clem just barked at her and then stepped back. Well, she barked because she. they were both facing different directions. The dog barked, and, and Clem got excited. She's like, yeah. it's bark time. And so she started to stand up. She didn't realize that, that she was, was a, being yeah. barked at. Clem didn't realize that it was a aggressive bark because Clem is not accustomed to aggression. Clem is used to only excited, happy, hey, let's let's play, let's bark at the car that's driving by. Clem is not used to that. So the look of disappointment on her face was, when it she was, saw yeah. that it wasn't bark time. It was really hard. God, she was like super duper disappointed. I we we just about like said, okay, no, right there. But we persevered for what, a little over an hour with this dog? Yes. The foster person wanted to go on an errand. We said, fine, that's no big deal. You're you drove from the other side of the state. Go ahead do your thing. She's safe here. She's fine. We can handle it. So we put Clem in behind a gate so that we knew that Clementine was safe. And we just, we made sure that the, that Bonnie wouldn't be in a bad position. Yeah. We tried to make Bonnie really welcome and comfortable. We showed her the house. We did all of the normal things that are recommended in most cases. She did start to warm up to me. Like she was like very cuddly, very close to me at the end, but she like looked at Nicole, seemed okay. Nicole tried to come closer. She growled. Eventually she settled down. She seemed to be okay with being touched by Nicole. And then she snapped at Nicole when Nicole tried to <laughs> just like gently touch her. It, it was heartbreaking because we, I think mentally thought, okay, this is our next dog. We, we weren't prepared for it being such a bad fit. And so, you you talked with the people involved afterwards, and I think we were not only surprised by what happened with our experience in visiting Bonnie, but we were kind of surprised at what happened afterwards. Yeah, I I was I was I was a little I was surprised by the text messages I received from the the leader. I don't know if it was a leader of the, the leader of the, the rescue, but she said that she was angry with the dog and that she didn't really that she was surprised at what happened and that she was sad for Clementine and that she had other dogs in mind and 
that she would get back with us. Well, of course, we she never was heard never back. Heard from yeah. again. <laughs> we never heard back. And this is pretty normal for rescues. They go through. They they ask you for all of this stuff. They ask you for photos, Four pages of documentation. And, you have to jump through hoops, and then no mutual accountability. And yeah, the the thing that I think that we discovered as we spoke with the foster parent is that they've tried to match her with several homes. Right. She actually had another visit yesterday. I wonder how that went. I'm going to text the foster and ask how it went with the... the, Because I really hope she does find a home. She needs a good home. She's potentially a sweet dog, but it's probably five years worth of work to get her to the point where she feels safe and normal and has any chance of not... I mean, like, this is a dog that... I would not feel safe taking this dog for a walk because if a small child came yeah. up, the dog could bite the, the... Yeah, she can't be around any children. She's so protective. She, yeah, she can't be around other dogs. She is a very... Yeah, she has to have a, a single man who is home all the time. And she can't be around women. From what our experience was, at least. Right. It's, it, it could be that she just didn't like you or something about you. Like if I, she was abused by... <laughs> Um, somebody who looked or sounded like you, like we right. don't know. It's it's hard to tell in situations like this. But we actually cared about Bonnie a lot, and we followed up with the foster parent, and we followed up with the adoption agency lead, and we sh- we we didn't blame the dog. We shared what we observed. We tried to share things that we thought would help them to place the dog with a right family. And they changed absolutely zero on this dog's profile. So the the profile still says, sweet girl, just needs a little help with her confidence, super cuddly, like just rainbows and unicorns on this dog. And holy moly, I mean, that's, that's just playing with fire. Like be honest about what the dog needs so that they can be successful if you're working so hard to vet these people and then you're sending this surprised little dog into a place where they they could be hurt one of the places that was considering adopting her that we heard before us the person who was in line ahead of us they uh followed up with them and found out that they were that family was looking to adopt her simply because they were really sad for her she had had a hard story she'd been hit by a car she this dog had been through a lot well, this was a family who owned a farm. They had small children. They had rabbits that were f- loose, free in the house. I, I, in general, I would not have an Australian Shepherd, regardless of how great they are, be free roaming with a rabbit because they have instincts that are going to kick in. And a dog like Bonnie is not going to pet the rabbit. She's going to do eat. more than that. She's going to eat the rabbit. So the the irresponsibility of these rescue people that they they clearly know what was going on. They didn't disclose it ahead of time, and they haven't amended this dog's profile to reflect the experience. I mean, nobody's saying to vilify the dog, but be upfront and honest so that people know what they're getting into. It's right. not fair to play with people's emotion, yeah. and really, that's it's a gamble. They're I think they were hoping with us that the dog would just somehow magically click with both of us. Right. And then we wouldn't know all of the other stuff that we, we were Yeah, we would figure with. it out. We would figure it out eventually that we like, would. Like, you know, when yeah. we have a guest over and the dog bites a child. I mean, come on, people, seriously. So yeah. 
Nicole did some research, and evidently this is... Well, it's it happens. I, I, it happens a lot. It's it, it's kind of like when you're buying a house and you look at a, a listing for a home. And it's a fixer-upper. It's a fixer-upper. and It has charm. It's got curb appeal. Right. It's it, it can be complicated. So when you look at a description for a dog, you're going to adopt a dog, you really, really, really need to read between the lines really be careful. So when you're reading a description and the description says the dog is doing so great and is on the way to regaining their personality, sweet, sweet dog, and is looking for a home that can help build confidence, that should be a red flag for you right there. It might be fine. It might be a great fit for you, but regaining personality and build confidence. Looking for a home where people are home more often than not. Children of the teenage variety are preferred. And a calm, confident dog, another calm, confident dog. And I that will can say, help her. just to like disclose in terms of bias, this is not our interpretation of what these things mean. Nicole, as she does, did some searching online and some research, and she found some people who worked at rescues and pet shelters. This is an actual ad from a rescue, and they posted the pet finder ad that they posted, and then right next to it, I, I have a link in the show notes, they they posted the, the letter that the owner sent to them. This dog had been returned like three or four times to different rescues for anxiety, separation anxiety, severe separation anxiety, aggression towards children, biting. This is a dog who had severe problems. And so they they messed around with words to make it sound like the dog just needs a little bit of stability. Well, that's fine and good. Maybe some dogs are shy and there are shy dogs. There are dogs who are just nervous. But there's a big difference between being shy and nervous and being aggressive. In our house, we have one deal breaker, and that is aggression. We can handle a dog who is nervous, who is shy, who just needs a little bit of help coming out of their shell. We, we've adopted dogs who had been beaten, who were afraid. Yes. Like if you even just kind of talked with your hands, they would cower in fear. Right. We've, we had dogs who, if you laughed at a television show a little bit too loudly, they would cower because they were afraid because they didn't like yelling and they thought that laughing was yelling. But over time they grew out of it and they just came to, it came to the point where they didn't care. Loud noises. We've had dogs who did not like loud noises at all and they would be really afraid. But those things we can handle completely no big deal biting no we cannot handle that it's just not something we want to deal with so you really need to ask a lot of questions when you are adopting a dog you have to you have to ask where the dog came from and if they don't know try to figure out as best you can if there is a a policy. Can you take the dog to live at your house for a couple of days, a weekend, 14 days, a week? See what their policy is. Say, hey, 
I, I really like this dog, but I want to know, and this is going to sound absolutely horrifying, but ask if there's a return policy because... You need to check fit first before you fall in love. And Yeah, not you know, every dog is the perfect dog for every house. Yeah. And if the dog comes to live with you and it is not a perfect fit, like if that dog comes into your house and after two weeks, you're like, what have I done to myself? Do not feel badly if you need to take the dog back to the shelter because there is a family that that dog will fit into. Don't feel badly. Do not feel horrible. Well, like with Bonnie, we we thought that she would be a really great fit for Clem and the feedback that we gave to the rescue was this is a dog who is probably going to do better if they're the only dog in yes. the house. Yeah. And at least from what we can see, this dog gets along well with men. Like she will completely warm up to men. But at, at least in the first hour or so of our time with her, she did not like women. And at least did not like other senior dogs that were quietly sitting on the other side of a gate. Yeah, Just, she was, yikes. she had some, she had some problems to work through. So, and you know, when you get a new dog, you need to, to work on skills. You, you have to start working on training. We use a, a dog training, online dog training called Simpatico. And I've linked it before and I've talked about it, but it, it changed Clementine's life. It really did. She went from being a, a really non-social dog to being a dog who had a lot of self, who she has a lot of self-confidence. She totally She's does. spicy and spunky now. She really is. She is a completely different animal. She gets along with any dog she meets. She first checks in with Michael and I just to say, hey, is this cool? And we always confirm with her. We use three words, yes, good, and nope. And we always say, yes, good girl. And she's like, oh, okay, then this is cool. And she just keeps going. It, it, it just works. I don't know what it is. It's like magic. It's completely magic. And her confidence, it just, it soared. And she does so well now. Does she still bark like a crazy woman? Yes. I, I don't know how to make that stop. Well, but you we, know what? We have the dachshunds to thank for that because she never barked like that until they showed her how. <laughs> yeah. On, on the scale of she doesn't have confidence and she can't go around other dogs and she can't do the things that she wants to do, her barking at the UPS guy and the FedEx guy, that is so low on my list. Otherwise, she is such a great dog. So we actually went yesterday. The reason why we didn't record yesterday is because we went to a place called Pet Resource Network in Atsiko. And they are a rescue that they really only rescue. They really only rescue dogs who are uh, breeder dogs. And most of these dogs are in, they're in pretty rough shape. They are. They need love. <laughs> they really, really do. They just need someone to love them. But they are all very well-adjusted dogs. Some of them are shy, but they're very friendly and they're very well-socialized. We met with three dogs. Um, we went in kind of understanding that we probably weren't going to be adopting an Australian Shepherd. 
we decided that we were going to work on our own desires of having another Aussie and instead just adopt the correct personality for our house. So we met with a, a golden retriever who was, I would have taken oh her home God. Sweetest in a dog minute. ever. She was just, if you want a golden retriever, go to Pet Resource Network right now and adopt Tessa because she is the, she's outstanding. She laid eyes on us <laughs> and the first thing she did was come up and cuddle. Like she's adorable, amazing. adorable dog. And people may say, well, why didn't you adopt that dog? Because of me, guys. It's because of me. I am allergic to the type of hair that this particular uh, dog or variation of Golden's had. And I really wish that I wasn't because she she was like a yes straight away. She was really an amazing girl. I think she was about six or so. And she was she needs some work on um skills she's only she, ever lived in a kennel so right she's she, she was a breeding dog she doesn't know how to walk on a leash she's a blank slate but oh my god was she sweet yes holy moly she she would be a fantastic family dog she really would be and then we met with a poodle lila layla I, I can't remember her name. She was very shy, but man, was she the nicest dog. She was a full-size poodle. So she was a big dog, and I had never imagined myself being a poodle owner. But she was very shy. And Super soft. Yes, and we got her to take some treats, which apparently she has a hard time warming up to people. But... She was. You wouldn't know it from her interactions with us. She liked us a lot. Yeah, and I would have taken her home too. I really would have. We would have come home with three dogs yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but she was not the the same level of activity that I think that Michael needed. She would have been perfect for me. But I think that we needed a dog who was a little more, had a little more get up and go. So we also met a, uh, a doodle dog, a Bernese mountain dog poodle mix. And go ahead and groan right now. I'll give you a minute. Uh, that's it, not the... Yep. The, doodle, the Bernese mountain dog part is fine. The doodle part, we have not had good experiences with doodles. Right. They have tended to be... Cuckoo bananas. Spastic and unpredictable. <laughs> yep. I did a lot of reading on people who own doodles, and I found a great article, The Shame of Owning a Doodle, which was a hilarious article. And I, I joined a lot of doodle groups, and people who own doodles, they love their doodles, especially Bernie's Bernadoodle people. They cannot say enough good things about those dogs. They, they, they friggin' love their dogs. And non-doodle owners, they cannot stand those dogs. They absolutely despise them. And quite frankly, I am not a doodle lover. Those dogs of us are. Those dogs are bonkers. Doodles are not our, our amongst our last choices for but things. I do know a doodle owner who is that dog is a fantastic dog, and she is a really good pet owner. So I'm wondering if maybe it's the owner and not the dog itself. And the person at the Pet Resources Network 
said that a couple times is that it's completely, she said it's like pit bulls, that it's really dependent upon the owner, that the dog really takes on the personality and character. So maybe she's just saying that people are crazy. I don't know. I don't know. So this um, Bernie's Mountain Dog Cross, which is how I'm going to describe this little dog, it's a mini dog. So this this puppy, it's not a puppy, about two years old. She weighs about 30 pounds, and we're going to bring her home in two weeks. And she's going to be our new family member. And we don't have a name for her yet. I don't know. We have to pick a name, but... That's a very long way around well, of saying... What's her name to begin with, Nicole? Oh, God, help us. Her name was Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> and we immediately asked the the Pet Resource Network people to not call her that because we thought it was bad juju <laughs> to call her Bonnie. <laughs> so they agreed, and they, they are not going to call her Bonnie. <laughs> so they, she's new to the rescue just for the last from the last week, so... She just had a litter of puppies. Yeah, she's uh, she is very cute and very sweet. And Clem took to her instantly. And I think that Clem loves her. Clem really does like her a lot. And I think that they will be good for each other. I think that Clem will be able to show her how to dog, essentially. And I think that she might help Clem live a little bit longer. So we're we're excited about this new addition to our family. So we get to bring her home about two weeks out, and then there's yes. a, a two-week trial period in which they say no no questions asked because for some reason it's not a right fit. Let us know. We'll refund your adoption fee in full. Um, it's very unlikely that we'll need to do that based on what we have seen in interacting with her so far. I mean, if she comes home and she starts, her head starts to spin 360 angles or she spits fire or things like that, we'll have to revisit. But evidently, we're going to be a doodle owner, Nicole. Right. What the? What has this world come to? Well, I, I think we went in with an open mind, and we, I think we made the right choice. I think this, this dog is young enough that she will enjoy playing and going on walks with you, and she will... I think this will be a good fit for us. I really do. I'm I'm excited about it. It will be a good good thing. We just need to pick a name for this poor dog so we can quit calling this dog dog. Or her her working title is what? Well, we've been just calling her Gertrude or Gertie, but we've been going through a bunch of different names. Do you have other favorites? I I kind of like Matilda. Okay. So we have to think about it. Is there a backup or is Matilda the, the one leading in the lead? There's a list. I don't know. We're, There's a bunch of them. Okay. Don't want to go into that right now, though. I don't remember them, honestly. That's why we write them down on a list. So anyway, that's what we did yesterday. It's we'll a big keep day. keep you all in the loop as we get more updates. Yeah. Speaking of updates, we have a t-shirt update for you today. T-shirt update. We're talking medium control. Nicole, what's medium control related to t-shirts and updates? Well, I know that everyone was very concerned about my chicken t-shirts. I, yeah. I know that you all lost sleep. We, we got over thousands this. of comments and <laughs> we, we responded to as many of them as we could. Um, we got a lot of well wishes, um, family who listened to it reached out and checked in on us. They did a wellness 
t-shirt. Yes. Chicken rooster t-shirt check. Well, my American Apparel t-shirts, I, just listen to the last episode. You can listen to it. It's and a sad story. It is. It's very sad. Well, the company Medium Control is where I got my Follow the Weather t-shirt and my rainbow, my black and white rainbow t-shirt, which I really do like those, but they aren't printed on American Apparel t-shirts. They're printed on Next Level t-shirts, which I do like those shirts, but I don't like them as much as American Apparel. I would say it goes... What's the difference between them? Is it like the thickness, the softness? What's... It's the neckline. Oh, the neckline because it... um, Yes, it fits me better. Yeah. It's just better for me. So the medium control, I found that if I get a men's, which is, it's not really men's, it's unisex extra large. And typically I wear a medium or small women's shirt, like L.L. Bean. It's just an example of a company that I wear. But if I get a next level unisex extra large, the neckline fits me kind of like American Apparel. So what I did was I contacted Medium Control, which is a company on Etsy, and I asked them if they could help me. And they were so nice. Did they say they could help you? Yeah, they were really, really nice. It's a family-owned company. It's a guy and his wife. And he's like, sure, pick out any of our designs that you want, And just when you order, order, just order on a t-shirt, pick out any t-shirt that you want, and then tell me what design you want on that t-shirt. Because I actually wanted designs that they weren't printing. uh, Like I wanted a kid's design on an adult t-shirt. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. No problem. So I had, I got to pick out whichever design I wanted and he printed it for me, which was so nice. So I got the exact t-shirts I wanted on the exact t-shirt that I wanted. So if you need t-shirts, medium control. Did they have any uh, chicken rooster t-shirts to fit your needs? I got no, I I didn't. Did you challenge them to refresh their brand to include diversity? No, but I did get a a t-shirt with a cardinal on it, a red cardinal, which I kind of like that. That's pretty good, a bird shirt. Yeah, but I did get another follow the weather shirt because that is one of my favorite. And um, yeah, medium control. They've got a lot of like biking and camping and just outdoorsy type shirts, which have nothing to do with me really. Lots of Helvetica, lots of Flat-looking design, very hip, very fresh, Futura fonts. Yeah, I got one that says the the future, Futura or something, because I always say the future is now. I love living in the future. I thought that was funny. And they have a couple of kids' designs that I really liked. So I chose those on T-shirts. How are their prices? Um, They are a little expensive, but for t-shirts that last five, six years, not bad. And the the material, is it like thin no, elastic it's a, or is it thick? It's nice. It's a nice t-shirt. It's a nice cotton t-shirt. I know it's got to be good if it passes Nicole standards, but... Yeah, it's a very comfortable t-shirt. I never dry my t-shirts. They always get washed in uh, cold water and then hung to dry, so... I don't know. Have you ever tried one of their hoodies? 
I have not. No, I don't like to wear cotton hoodies. I like to wear my my fleeces. Oh, right. Yeah. So I have. They no don't idea. have any zip up hoodies. I'm like looking through their stock. Yeah, I don't know. They need to. They need to expand. They've got a lot of products to choose from. They really do. And so they if have you 829 like 829 items on their Etsy store. Yeah. So if you like one of their designs and it's on a item, like let's say you like one of their hoodies, but it, you don't see it on a t-shirt, just contact them and they will help you out. And I like their, they have a rainbow shirt that's a black and white and it lists all the colors. I love that shirt. It's black and white. I love anything gray, toned, black and white. It's a good shirt. Yes. So that's my my t-shirt, chicken t-shirt update. I did not get t- chicken t-shirts, but you I did get t-shirts. got a winning combination. A nice t-shirt, a nice family-owned business. Yeah. They did a good job. So there you go. That's that. It looks like we have a health topic up next. We've uh... Well, kind, it's kind of health topic. I get the hiccups a lot. A lot, a lot. I do. I get, I get a lot of hiccups. Sometimes I'll wake more up. than once a day. Yeah. I wake up in the middle of the night a lot with the hiccups. And I have asked my... I, I've, I've asked about it before. And I've been told, you know, congratulations. You, get you the are, hiccups. in fact, hiccing up. Yes. It, you know, that is what it is. You get the hiccups. And sometimes it lasts... A while, like a few hours, and sometimes I can get rid of them with, you know, holding my breath or drinking water. But I recently saw on Reddit a little blurb about the hiccups. And it just said, when you get the hiccups, think about the fact that you are not a fish and they will go away. I was like, what? Huh? Because you've tried a lot of. I have. Their I've tried home remedies like hold your breath, drink right. water upside down. Yes. Because think of a zebra. Yeah. When you get the hiccups in the middle of the night and they will not go away, it is the most frustrating thing because when you have them for a few hours and you're it's it's torture. It really is. There's no other way to put it. So I have started to do this, but instead of thinking about the fact that I'm not a fish, I just start thinking about fish. I just like goldfish, trout, cod, tuna. I just think about fish. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just placebo effect or my brain just tricking me. Hiccups gone every time. I've been doing this for a month now. I have not had the hiccups for more than 30 seconds in a month. What? I don't I don't know what is going on. And thinking about fish is the Yeah. But you're supposed to think about the fact that you are not a fish, but I have no idea and I can't find anything on the internet about what it is. No so, one's done research on this yet. So what it is is the human brain stems were inherited from amphibians. And the brain will spurt out odd messages from time to time which are essentially the same idea as gill breathing. But instead of humans being human beings breathing from their gills, humans end up with with the hiccups. That's what they're thinking is happening when you get the hiccups. So I, I don't know. So you just think about 
Think about fish. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have no idea why it works, but if you're out there and you get the hiccups like I do constantly, it works. So that is my tip for you because I just thought I should share it with other people who are as miserable as I am. Today I learned. Yeah. The more you know. Michael doesn't get the hiccups. No. He also doesn't sneeze when he looks at lights. <laughs> no, I don't sneeze when I look at lights. Yeah. Every morning I sneeze I three times. I do sneeze. Yeah. I, I sneeze three times every morning. I feel like a weird person, but it's true. My dad does the same thing. So does David. Yeah. It's weird. You ever wonder, like, what if life had subtitles or... Uh... Descriptive text. It would make my life easier, that's for sure. Yeah. We're talking next up about subtitles. We are. Um, so, like, this is for uh, when an underwater vehicle has been in service for a certain period of time, they begin to get different levels of titles. Submarines, subtitles. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> well, we both saw this article. We did. We, uh, I, I didn't read the article, but I thought that the cover artwork for it was very eye-catching and everything, and we both saw it across different social networks. Yeah. Where was this story published? I don't remember, but I did not see the picture that came with it. And honestly, it wasn't really an article. It was a video, which I was glad of because honestly... I don't usually read the articles. I have the dream reader read them to me. So I was glad it was a video. But I learned a lot about subtitles from this article. Why do we have to use subtitles? Do you have a guess? Because of all the foreign films and people are lazy and don't learn French and German and Japanese. No. No, Russian. no, no, no. Subtitles. Why can't we hear movies? Why, why can't we hear movies or why can't people in general hear movies? Well, why, I know why we can't. Why can't people in general hear movies? Because they're all getting older is one of the cliches. Your hearing's going. You need to pay better attention. So a long time ago, microphones, far, far away. microphones were wired they were big and they were wired and people in movies and television shows they had to speak directly in to the microphone kind of like what we're doing right now for those talkie pictures yes so they had to talk directly under the microphone or over microphones had to be hidden on sets and plants and you know around tables and and food and stuff and the microphones were, they picked up noise, but as long as the actors were right next to them. So actors would enunciate and speak loudly, and it was easy to understand people. Today, microphones are wireless, they're smaller, and because of technology, the, things are recorded on different tracks. So every actor is recorded on a different track. Music is recorded on a different track. And then stuff is jammed all together. So actors can be mumbly. 
actors can speak softly. And if they want to speak with a really soft tone and a thick accent, they do. They just, if they're being paid a lot, actors don't care. So the volume problems are because of the actors who don't project or enunciate? Yeah, and it's because of technology. It's because actors and technology. Actors used to re-record lines a lot. It's called automated dialogue replacement, ADR. They used to have to go into the studio and they would watch the film on a screen and they would re-record the line if if there was no way to splice together the film to make the recording so that you could understand it. They still do ADR, but not very often because it is super, yeah, it's really, really expensive. So now they just go with it. They splice things to, they do their little computer work and they make it work. So when you see a movie or a show on television and you're thinking to yourself, why can't they just turn the dialogue up, the the audio for the people talking? Why don't they just make the dialogue louder? I say that all the time. I turn to Michael and I say, why? Why don't they do that? And you're hard of hearing, but I have a hard time hearing it too. So yes. it's, it's not just you. Sometimes before I turn it up, I say, can you hear this? Because I cannot hear this because I don't want to turn it up so loud that our neighbors, Robbie and Shayla are like, huh, the Van Puttons are watching, you know, because that's I always of... thought that part of it was mixing, that they were mixing it for like 5.1 audio and weren't well, doing anything special for... That comes up too, but... What happens is they want movies and television, they want to preserve what's called dynamic, we're learning a lot today. Dynamic range. They want to preserve dynamic range, which is the range between the movie's quietest sound and the loudest sound. So if the dialogue is super loud, if you turn the dialogue up, the loudest sound, which would be like an explosion, it would not feel as authentic. And then some of the sounds would become distorted and, and then the, everything would be messed up. So the, if you turn the dialogue way, way, way up, the, the, the explosions wouldn't feel right. And the dialogue would feel so loud that it would feel like, um, it would like, it would be like blown out. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't sound correct. Everything would feel off. So they have to mix it with dynamic range. There's a director called Christopher Nolan, which I did not know this guy at all. People love him. He's well, so hot. He is famous for mixing his movies for what's called Dolby Atmos, which is just for movie theaters. If you see one of his movies at home, just plan on using subtitles because it is, his movies are not called what's down mixed for home televisions. And his movies are like Inception, Interstellar, the Yeah, Dark they're, Knight, they're the really Prestige, famous. Yeah. Dunkirk. They're super famous movies. So he apparently gets texts and emails and Twitters and stuff from really popular other directors saying, dude, 
I, I can't hear anything. What is happening in your world? He mixes his movies just for the movie theater. If you don't have a fancy television and speakers at your house, you're you, watching his movies it's is going kind to be of painful. ostentatious. It really is. And he said, seriously, he said he does not care. I don't think that makes him an Artur. <laughs> I think that makes him a blank. A jerk. Something. Yeah, it makes him mean. Some televisions, I learned so much, so much while researching this. Some televisions now come with what's called an active voice amplification setting. And some people say it does not work at all. So if you're buying a television just for this, you might not want to do that. Some people say it really does work. It's just like a little setting and you go into your settings and you push it, I guess. I don't know. Our television is not that amazing. What you can do if you're really irritated about this is buy better speakers. You need surround sound in your house. If you're if you are that worried about not being able to hear all of the different sounds, buy better speakers. The other thing you can do is go to the theater because the theater has the special speakers and they are all balanced out and they have the Dolby Atmos for whatever. You can also set your television for the correct um, the correct mix. Movies are mixed for home televisions. You can down mix your system for what the movie is. I think there's like 5.1 and there's different versions. Usually there's like three or four different standard settings. There are. 5.1. Yes. You can set, yeah, you can set your television for whatever that movie is mixed for. So if your television does have that setting, you can do that. And that does help, especially if you have speakers. And I will add to this, that will help as long as you're watching cinematic stuff. The other part of this that is absolutely maddening if you are still somebody who watches broadcast television and sees advertisements, yes, the advertisements are deliberately, they use it, Louder. the term sweetened. They, there are actually rules as to how loud they can be, but they modify the dynamic range. So it's really, really loud. So that right. if you're going out to the kitchen to get a snack in between breaks, you can still hear it. And for those who are still sitting in front of their television, they're now deaf. Right. And, you know... The other thing is you could just use subtitles and that's pretty much the solution. Use subtitles. We should just turn the subtitles on and then we can act out the parts and make our own sound effects. <laughs> it It's a really difficult thing that sound people have to deal with because they are mixing sound now, not just for televisions. I watched a video with a woman who mixes sounds for television and movies And she said when the person who trained, who taught her how to do her job, essentially, she mixed sound for television. And now she is mixing sound for television, phones, iPads, computers. It's pretty hard. (laughs) There's such a range of devices out there. And she said she sometimes will worry about the person who is on the train watching the movie on their phone and then goes home and switches over to their television and then their child is watching it on their iPad and she thinks, oh, well, they get the same experience. And then she has to think, well, 
I just can't think about all that because it's just too much, too much to she think about. She channels her inner Christopher Nolan <laughs> and is like, ah, too bad. She said, people just have to understand that I can do my job the best I can and I can't do it any better. So it is what it is, which is a good, a good way to think about it. So there is a lot that goes into mixing sound. And so when you're watching a movie and you're thinking, why can't they just turn up the dialogue? That is why. Dynamic range. Remember that. Just dynamic range. Damn you, dynamic range. Exactly. Sorry. Always like pushing people down. Learning stuff. Learning stuff here. Nicole, what have we been watching lately? Okay. Last night, we watched the movie You People that you have been wanting to see for a while. What a disappointment that movie was. I did not care for it at all. Nicole didn't like it at all. I was disappointed. It had moments that were good. I feel like it just tried too hard, and it couldn't make up its mind as to what kind of movie it wanted to be. Yep. It was was the movie that Michael said was going to be like, um, guess who's coming to dinner? And I did not get that. Yeah. It could have been. It totally could have been. It And it, it did not do that. It really didn't. The one thing I did like about it was the interactions between the white people, the, the parents, and their kids. Like Jonah Hill and his sister would just no holds barred call out their parents which is not something that normally happens i think that normally is like an internal dialogue i mean everybody judges everybody else old people judge young people vice versa but when their parents were being extra or making stuff up or or whatever else or like would say something that was just a lie they would just immediately correct them that part i did find pretty funny i liked i liked the little parts of it right but yeah that's Y'all can tell me in the comments if you disagree. It was just, <laughs> it was disappointing. It, it's, it, I would kind of say it's, it's also one of those cases where if you have an all-star cast, they can kind of cancel each other out or you just don't find the balance of the story that you're trying to tell. And I so wanted to like this movie and I was disappointed. Yeah. Which means 10 years from now, we're going to talk about how life-changing that movie was. (laughs) I don't know. So that was that. And I think one of the things that stood out to Nicole in it was they they had these... So it, it was a cinematic picture in terms of format and presentation, and yet it had transitions between scenes that were kind of like what you would see in like late 90s, early 2000s television where the camera kind of pans around and some funky graphics and stuff happen in between scenes. And it really knocked you out of the experience of it. The cut scenes were just too flashy. Why why were they there? I, I don't know. They added nothing to the movie. I guess they were supposed to be hip and funky and like the... The opening titles and the closing titles looked like a font that was done up to look like spray paint being... So, like, they were they were trying to yeah. make it hip-hop. It was... But they were it, trying way too hard to make it hip-hop. It was... In a, was there any spray painting in that movie at all? Did anyone spray paint anything? No. No, they did not. Not that I recall. There was no spray painting. It, I, I don't know. It was weird. And... This is a message to that actor guy. Who is that guy in the main the movie? The main guy. 
Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. This is a message to him. I know you have a lot of money. I know you do. In real life, you have a lot of money. You've been very successful. Congratulations, Jonah Hill. You have. If you what like, what would you say if he was listening to our podcast? I would say thank you. Now, my advice to you: if you like your hair, great. I'm happy. I like my hair, kind of. I need a haircut. But anyway, I digress. Are you going to tell him to get a haircut? I'm going to tell him. <laughs> you can keep your hair the way it is. Just, you know, like trim it up a little bit. You are like a very wealthy man. You need to just visit a person who can help you a little. You look like you have not taken care of yourself. That is my message to him. Now, there was a scene in the movie where it was when um, his family first met his soon-to-be um, fiance, And he took his mom into the kitchen and was talking to her. And so there was like all this, you know, special moment of mother and son talking. And Nicole and I were like sitting there and I said to Nicole, <laughs> you know what, what we're thinking? <laughs> they were both, they were having a very serious conversation, I guess, because I wasn't listening at all. And <laughs> that, that scene was a great scene because we liked the shirt that Jonah Hill was wearing. <laughs> we were both thinking the same thing. What was it, like a fuchsia or peach color? It was a shirt? bright pink shirt and it had dogs all over it. And we were both thinking, I wonder where we can get that shirt. That we were not paying hot. attention to the movie at all. We were both wondering if we can get that shirt with different dogs on it. I was thinking, I wonder if it comes in different fabrics and if the fabrics can be printed with more even seams because whoever printed that shirt it was printed didn't... so that you, like, every, every headshot of the dog. Or like 60% of the dog was on the opposite side of the seam. So right. you only saw bits and pieces of, yeah. of the dog. Whoever matched the fabric pieces did not do a great job. And we don't normally go for those types of Versace prints, crazy I'm stuff. sure that was like a $400 button-down shirt, right? Yeah. But I really enjoyed that shirt. I have no idea what those two people were talking about in that scene. <laughs> but I really liked that shirt I did. <laughs> yeah. That, that, was... that could be a whole segment of like <laughs> moments in watching shows where other things that were happening were so compelling that <laughs> the rest of what was actually supposed to be happening was, was not as much. So that was You People. We also watched a really interesting one called Pez Outlaw. That was, an, I, I didn't know that they were going to be able to make the topic as interesting as they did. I liked Pez Outlaw. Did you? I did. It was interesting. It was about a guy from Michigan who bought was an outlaw. Pez dispensers. Yeah. I don't want to ruin it for anyone who wants to watch it. He was a guy who bought Pez dispensers. He lives in Michigan. If you wonder how that could be interesting, go on to Netflix and watch Pez Outlaw. Right. It's um, it's good. It's a documentary, so it's a true story, and it's good. That's yeah. that's what I have to say. He's a character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we watched what was the the next one on Netflix that we watched? Old Enough is a uh, it's the second series of a um, it's in Japanese, I think. And it's about, it's the dumbest uh, little show ever. Yeah. But I, Initially, I was like, what show is that? And now I remember I cannot show it quit is. watching it. It is about tiny little children between the ages of, I think, 
three and six running errands for their parents. In Japan. In Japan. And each child, each episode is maybe between eight and ten minutes. And this is a cultural difference, which is one of the main premises or interesting things about the show, is that in the United States, we never would send a child that age out on their own. And from what the show explains in Japan... It's a rite of passage. It's taking responsibility. It's growing up. And they, they, it's like well-known. Like traffic will see a little kid with a little tag on their shirt that they're running an errand. And they will stop and be extra patient with the child. It's just, it's so cute. It's such an interesting show. And they do such surprising things. It has such pure, wonderful moments. Yes, these little kids carry microphones with them so you can hear everything they say. And they have a whole camera crew following them, so you get to see them the entire way. And, and the camera crew is like camouflage so that the child hopefully won't yeah, notice but them. But the kids usually see them and they, you know, it is just so funny. And the whole thing is in Japanese, so you have to read the subtitles or else, I mean, you can't play your games while you're they watching this mixed show. It for Atmos. Right. Um, it's, it is just so funny. The kids repeat their little list to themselves or they say things like, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it the whole way to the store or to their grandparents' house or across the street. It's or, so relatable because we all we still all do feel and, yeah. and see moments like that. And you can't help but root for them that they're going to be successful. It is absolutely hilarious. If you need like a little... 10-minute pick-me-up, just watch one episode. There's one episode where I think a three-year-old carries her little frog stool with her because she's not tall enough to reach the elevator button. And she's taking... Oh, it's a little boy. He's taking his the water bottle to his brother who forgot it, quote-unquote forgot it, for his school day and then brings it to his brother forgets the little frog stool, has to go back and get it. His brother is then at school and worried about his little brother who walks home. It, it's just the best little episode. I'd watch that episode again, even though I know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's so cute. So, yeah, old enough. Netflix. It's just the cutest show. Yeah. Uh, the next show that we are watching, we're watching two more shows. Hang in there. Um... Alert, Missing Persons Unit on Hulu. Um, yeah. What do we think about this show? It's, um, uh, it's every episode is a new missing person. And then within the entire season of episodes, there is an underlying story. Isn't part of the premise of it that the missing person is always a child? Well, I mean, usually missing people are children, I think. Well, no, I guess there are missing yeah, adult people. Adults don't go missing, do they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I mean, no, there was an adult missing person. The one the one guy who had the missing person from the restaurant. Oh, yeah. I'm um, not paying attention at that point. Yeah, you, you have some attention issues lately. It reminded me a lot of Without a Trace. Right, yeah. But there's an underlying story that's interesting, and I would like to know how it concludes, which means that they're probably going to leave it at a cliffhanger for the second season. Before it gets canceled. Yeah, which is going to really super irritate me. Yeah. 
So we'll see what happens on that one. The next show that we just started is called Poker Face, which has a few actors from Orange is the New Black. I really enjoy this one. It's a good show. Michael kind of tuned out. After the first episode and a half. Yep. And I could have continued watching the I rest. I do of... like the show, though. I just, uh-huh. you know, I've only got so much time in the day. And, like, the, the call of the internet is like, hey, read me. This is interesting stuff. So, I, I don't know. I He fell asleep and got distracted and stopped watching. I a long and... day. Well, I'd, I'd driven to far off distant places and had been looking you at You drove to Otsego. Started the day by <laughs> snow blowing four people's driveways. I mean, I, I had a long day. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I like Poker Face a lot. It's about a girl, a woman who knows when people are lying and she just goes on a detective work spree. Pretty much that's what it is. And there's an underlying story about why she goes on a detective spree and detective spree. Is that the well, she right kind word? of has a superpower. It's not set as a superpower, but like a believable superpower. Right. I enjoy it thoroughly. Highly recommend. That's one of my favorites right now. I hope they keep making it. It's the on woman Peacock. Who plays the lead is really fantastic. I usually do not like her at all, but I like her in this role. You don't she like her? usually bothers me. Really? Yep. Yep, really? yep, yep. Yep. So onward and upward. Wow. Um and the last thing we're gonna talk about because we've been jammering on for a while is the games that we're playing, which is funny because we play games while we watch stuff on streaming. Yeah. I um, still don't think that you're able to pay attention playing games and watching shows. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I don't know. Um suspect. I've been playing the Apple Arcade games. Uh, I've been enjoying Apple Arcade. We got free Apple Arcade with our Verizon um, account. So I've been playing three Apple Arcade games. uh, Temple Run Puzzle Adventure, which is just a matching game. That's all it is. It's a matching game. You match three, four. Temple Run used to be like literally a run type game. Yeah, you match the bricks together and they disappear and you have to match certain number of things. And You like those matchy-match games. I do. My Kinda dad like likes them too. All based on Bejeweled. It is. It's like a different Bejeweled. And you match them and the bricks disappear and then you go to the next level. It is a very, very repetitive, but they give you new goals every level. Um, Zookeeper World. Again, matching game. It's just a different matching game. That's all it is. I think that's one that I was actually playing with you originally. I might act. I think I turned you onto that game. Like you were like, I don't know about. And I was like, it's cute. It's got little matchy animals. Yeah, and I don't do the whole. Zookeeper World has a, a goal where you have to buy things in with your the money you make by passing levels, so you can build a zoo. I don't do that. You I like just play. Puzzle part. Yeah, I just do the puzzle part. I ignore the rest of it. They keep bugging me, like, "Oh, build the zoo." I'm like, "No, I don't want to build a zoo. I just want to play the game." This is annoying. I'm so, surprised that you've stuck with it as long as you have, because aren't aren't there times where the levels are just unreasonably difficult? Like they just yeah, but they purposely give you make them hard. Apple Arcade gives you unlimited 
unlimited goes, you get unlimited right. turns. So I like Apple Arcade because you can just play over and over it's and over like again. A real game versus the paper. Right. So I like Apple Arcade a lot. It it lets you just play and play and play and play and play. So I enjoy that. Um, I like a game called Stitch, which I just started playing in Apple Arcade. And it is essentially a counter cross stitch game, which sounds really terrible, but it's more like a a math type game. You told me I should play it. It 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 is the first few levels are are really easy and you're thinking, well this is stupid. What am I doing with my life? And then it, the hard puzzles are they're really hard and it gets to the point where you're thinking, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Yeah, I'm stuck on one puzzle right now. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just stuck. I don't know what I'm going to do. So, Probably Stitch. tell me to solve it for you at some point. They're adorable little pictures when they're done. I think, oh, I should I should stitch that into a, a counter cross stitch hoop. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> I never will, of course, but that's what I think. And I'm also playing... Animal Crossing New Horizons because I will probably play that till the day I die. I just enjoy it. It is a very cute game. Yeah. Just go in, catch my fish, catch my bugs. I caught all the things in the sea. I kind of wish that they would add more to it. Yeah. I just I just enjoy it. So that's what I'm playing. I played the main quest line in that and continued to play for a little while after that and then kind of fell into other games. Yep. That's on the Switch. And then Michael's playing all the the kill people, fight people and <laughs> Nicole calls murder them people. Murder games. Yeah, murder people <laughs> games on the Xbox. His games are called Dead Cells, Street Fighters, Dark Horizon Dragons Dogma, and then Golden Eye 007. <laughs> my games are called zookeeper world animal crossings <laughs> yeah i think there's a little bit of a mismatch there <laughs> yeah. i've had an interesting gaming experience on xbox um it, it's a game system that kind of brought me back into console gaming after having been away for a long time um and I was using a service called Game Pass for a while. Um, I'd gotten a free update to it for like a buck or something like that, and it, it expired. And I haven't renewed it, um, so I can't play games online anymore, and I can't play the free games, kind of like their version of Apple Arcade. And I like that because I'm playing my back catalog of games. So Dead Cells is a game that came out in 2018. It's a roguelike Metroidvania-type game, which Nicole has no idea what that means. But... It's really pretty. It's fun. Um, I, it's been so long since I've played it that I forgot how some of the controls worked. But it's it's kind of fun because as you progress through the stages, you unlock new weapons. It changes the gameplay. They've added some things that you can unlock special characters from other indie titles. So that's kind of fun. Street Fighter 30th Collection makes me feel very old. Um, I fell in love with Street Fighter 2 in the arcades in the mid-90s. And Street Fighter 30th Collection lets you play the arcade versions, which I have in a lot of different... I've, I've got them on all kinds of different platforms. Um, but it's kind of fun to get to relive playing Street Fighter 2 and some of the 
following games that came out to the arcades after that. Uh, Dragon's Dogma is a cheap uh, super sale game that I got. It was like 90% off um, over the holiday. It's from Capcom. It's a role-playing kind of World of Warcraft game. And the reviews predominantly from people said this is an amazing game you absolutely have to play this it's got a fantastic story and so i'm slowly working my way through that and golden i 007 is an old nintendo 64 game and people are really excited because it was just released for nintendo switch and xbox um, i a couple years back bought something called rare replay which is a bunch of games made by the rare software company and GoldenEye happens to be one of the games they made, and they released that for free, so I got it. No extra charge based off the other game that I had gotten. Um, it is a game that I didn't really play when it came out, and a lot of people feel that it was the gold standard at the time for console multiplayer at home, so you could play against three of your friends. Um, I think the Switch version has online play. The Xbox does not. Um, I don't have anybody else that's going to play it with me. I used to play first-person shooters a lot a long time ago, but I'm just kind of checking it out for nostalgia and because it didn't cost me anything to see what people thought was so cool about it at the time. So it's old-school Nintendo 64 stuff. I'll play those a little bit off and on. I'm sure I'll roll into some other ones over time. I need, I, and I do plan to give Stitch a try. Nicole said that it's a really good game, so... Were you playing a power washing game? <laughs> I was, um, and, and that was a game that was on Game Pass. Uh, they had a game called Power Washing Simulator. I, I started playing that game because Xbox and Microsoft Rewards have this program where if you play games and you complete certain achievements, you get points, which later on you can redeem for real-life things. Um, and so... That game supposedly had an easy achievements to unlock. I just didn't realize how long it was going to take. And Nicole walked by a couple times. She's like, are you power washing in that game? It, it's a yeah. whole subgenre of my, games. There my are... comment to him was, I, I think if you're power washing in a video game, we have a power washer. You are welcome <laughs> you go to power wash power the wash house. If you want. <laughs> Nicole, so helpful, so thoughtful. Um, it's... It's this odd, interesting simulation. Like, there's always been like SimCity where you're building a city and everything else. But in the past decade or so, there's been power washing simulator. There's like a, a, tr a big rig truck driver simulator. There's a farm simulator where you actually have to hook up. It's like, it's like real life, but like you have to hook up these complicated things, turn stuff on in a very specific order. They have ones for rebuilding engines and cars they have one for building pcs are you serious i'm serious and these games are insanely popular i i've played the farming one to to check it out it really wasn't my thing um i like i like games like um, is it like the farming game where you have to go to bed every night no it's not like stardew valley it's it's a 3d game where you're managing a real-life farm. So you have to buy John Deere tractors, and you have to have combines <laughs> and different things. Before you can use planters, you have to back up the uh, the tractor and attach it in the correct way and put oh it into gear. It's, it's very much like a life simulator thing. And the the power-washing one, I it took a little bit longer than I thought to get the achievement. And then I was like, well, I'm, I'm here. There's a couple other in theory, easy achievements that I can unlock. 
and I actually kind of got into it. Um, I haven't played it since that initial weekend where you saw me <laughs> playing it. You're like, hey, if you want. She, just, she turned into like people's grandparents. Like, if you, if you want a power wash, you can go outside and do some work. It's like, gee, thanks for that. Appreciate it. Well, I figured, you know, if he wants to power wash something, he might as well be doing useful power washing. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. I don't know. What? That's a famous quote from the movie Dodgeball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. It's kind of like it. It's like the Red Foreman. What does that have to do with power washing? No, it's 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 a it's a parallel to judging what somebody else is doing or something else. I wasn't judging you. I was just trying to make your life better. You were you were improving. You were Mary Kondoing my. Yeah, you know what, Marie Kondo, she admitted that (laughs) because she has three kids, she's kind of like. Tidying up has not become her main priority lately. Isn't there some show that now she likes messes instead? No, I did not read that. I didn't know if it was a meme or made up, but I was intrigued. She admitted that, you know, I've got a family and three children and tidying up has just become a little bit too much for me. I'm, I'm not over the tidying up, but... I'm not as obsessed with it as it's, I once it's was. It's easy to spend that much time when that's just become your hobby and you don't have other responsibilities that you yeah. have to do. I thought Marie Kondo, her tidying up theories were good, but yeah. some of them, holy moly, lady. It was too much Chill for me. Like, out. Small boxes inside of small boxes. Yeah, was a little all bit those too boxes. Whoa, Moving Nelly. on from things, I think, is a good idea. And, you know, keeping some things for sentimentality. Like the, right. the anti-hoarding part of it. Because I've had people in my life who yeah. have had issues with hoarding. And it's it, it doesn't seem to make logical sense. That people yeah. get so attached to things, and of yeah. course, I have things I've gotten attached to. So, like, what am I? What am I going to say or do? I don't know. <laughs> Poor Marie Kondo. But uh, yeah, well, that's a good cavalcade <laughs> of topics that we covered today. I'm, I know that we've added a lot of value, and we've inspired a lot of people to try power washing games in this episode. <laughs> and you know, if you have a power washer, just go outside. Mm. Call you- Michael. He'll come over and do it. And evidently, if you live in his neighborhood, he'll also <laughs> snowblower your driveway in the process. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Didn't you? I, I liked the text when I was out uh, snowblowing you. Like uh, one of the neighbors said, hey, thanks for, for doing that. And you uh, mentioned that you were considering putting a bolo be on the lookout for MVP because you didn't know where in the neighborhood I was with I the snowblower. I didn't know where you were. You disappeared for like an hour and so i said to robbie and shayla that i was going to put on put out a be on the lookout just a general be on the lookout for you because i didn't know where you were yeah you you were gone Um, and i looked across the street and you were at my parents house yeah doing their driveway (laughs) well usually you don't do well they have a plow guy that sometimes gets there before i can yeah and and depending on how much snow we have an electric snowblower, I think we talked about it in a previous episode. Depending on how much snow there is, how light it is, it affects how long the battery lasts. So sometimes I don't have enough juice to go over there. Plus, every time that I walked, the problem is I have to walk all the way over there. It's like 500 feet from our house 
or so to be able to see if it needs to be done. And every time I've done it, it's already been done. So like the, the return on investment of trying to do something nice is it's, it's too much. Your life is hard. It is. But evidently I like power <laughs> washing and I like snow blowing because I'm thinking, you know, I proudly came in after snow blowing yesterday. And I was like, I've improved my technique. <laughs> remember when I said that? It's like, I I've, don't know. All I've I remember out the, is the you, better way to route things so that it's really, you broke the pins. I, I broke both of the shear pins that one was doing the neighbor's house next door. I didn't know that they had a rubber mat on the ground and the snowblower started to try to eat it. And I had a moment where I'm glad that probably nobody else saw me because I didn't know how to, I was going to get it out of there and <laughs> it broke the left pin. And I think there was like an, an ice chunk from the plow guy who did your parents' driveway that broke the other side. So... And in the process, I've learned how to change shear pins. And we got four free ones. And we got replacement ones. I was just going to go buy some. Yeah. I, I Six can't. bucks for two pins, which is good because it, it costs less than repairing the whole thing. But some dude on Amazon is price gouging people charging $18 for two little itty bitty pins. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's that. Well, we appreciate you listening to <laughs> Season 2, Episode 3 of Not Just Rainbows and Unicorns. Remember, you can visit us online at notjustrainbows.net. Uh, you can check out our immense show notes. And starting with this episode, you can vote on which of your favorite titles we didn't pick to title this episode. Uh, we'll catch you next time in the medium. Stay groovy. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.